Hey everyone, you're listening to Cinema 5000. I'm Mallory, your host, checking in to tell you about some movies I have recently seen. I've got three brand new 2022 releases to talk to you about, as well as a couple older movies I've recently seen for the first time. So I'm currently at 4,815 movies seen so far. It's a lot, <laughs> but we've still got a ways to go to get to 5,000. So let's go ahead and talk about the first movie I saw, which I saw just about a week ago. It's the 2022 release, The Outfit. This is directed by Graham Moore and stars Mark Rylance, Zoe Deutsch, Dylan O'Brien, and Johnny Flynn. So Mark Rylance plays a tailor, or rather, as he says and explains in the film, he is a cutter. He is an individual from London who is now in Chicago. We learn a little bit about him as the story goes along for why he left London and is now making suits for the various mob folk within Chicago as they battle each other. And on this one particular night, he finds himself stuck within his shop and more or less held hostage by these mob guys because there is a rat within their midst and they are trying to figure out who this rat is. And he's stuck in the crosshairs here as the different mob folk are battling on this one particular night. One of the mob guys, played by Dylan O'Brien, actually has a relationship with Mark Rylance's assistant and front-of-the-house worker in the shop, played by Zoe Deutsch. And she comes into play for the night of truce as well. And it's an interesting film. It's a bit of a mystery, a bit of a whodunit a bit of a drama about people just trying to survive on this very difficult and snowy night where things have come to a head and people may live or die. I enjoyed the film. It's not too challenging. It's a bit of a whodunit, and I found it to be quite enjoyable. I was given the chance to watch this movie at home because I'm a Focus Features insider. I'm not trying to make an advertisement for Focus Features, but they periodically send out emails of different things happening for Focus Features, and on the occasion I have seen emails where they give you the chance to screen a newer movie at home. I believe that the outfit came out a couple weeks ago in theaters, and it's now already a digital release, but just last week they gave me the chance to sign up for a free online screening. I took that chance, and I watched it at home, which was great because the movie had already left theaters for me, And I have been going to the movie theater. It just didn't work out with timing. But yeah, I don't want to say too much about this story and what's happening because things unfold. You learn things as Mark Rylance's character learns things. And it sort of unwraps itself or rather sews itself up. But I do recommend the outfit. It's rated R. There is a little bit of violence in it, of course. So if you're a little shy about violence, you know, Maybe this isn't the film for you, but I don't think it's too graphic, and it's just under two hours, and it gives you something to think about, about different people and their motivations. Um, Yeah, so I do recommend The Outfit. This past weekend, I got to see the new film release from the directors who go by Daniels. They are Dan Kwan and Daniel Schneinert. Their new film is called Everything Everywhere All at Once, and if you think that is a long title, well, the film kind of earns it. It's just over two hours, it's about two hours and 20 minutes actually, and it tells a very ridiculous and zany tale about a woman named Evelyn Wong. Evelyn has a family business and it is a tax season film because there's some paperwork they need to go over with their 
local IRS agent at the IRS office. The IRS agent is played by Jamie Lee Curtis. And some things are happening on this very particular strange day. She all of a sudden realizes that there are different universes connected to her life. And she ends up going on a personal journey through all these different versions of herself and her family, her daughter, her husband. It's a very zany, ridiculous movie, and I uh, I don't think there's a way I can necessarily spoil it because this movie throws the kitchen sink at you. There's all kinds of different stuff to do with um, uh, bagels. Um, <laughs> there's hot dog fingers, which you might have seen online. It's just, it's a, it's a very crazy, zany movie. Uh, I unfortunately was not the biggest fan of this movie. I think some of the storytelling gets lost in all the ridiculousness and the absurdity of what it's trying to do. Uh, it's the kind of movie that I watch and I think to myself, you know, they might have had this idea to put this visual in a film and they ended up just throwing it in this picture. Some kinds of references to uh, children's animated films. I'm not going to spoil that for you, but oh boy, this movie is a lot. And I think that it might actually work for most people. And from what I know with friends of mine, they all pretty much enjoy it. I'm a little iffy on it, but at the same time, I really appreciate the kind of craft and intensity this film brought, especially its editing. I mean, this movie, it, it, it's, it's a lot. I uh, felt a little overwhelmed with it at times and maybe not in a good way, sad to say, uh, because some parts of it and all its intensity reminded me of some action movies I've seen where there's just so much accent action happening that I can't really focus and I'm a little overwhelmed and I'm not having a good time because it's not quite working for me. But at the same time, the design of the film, the ideas, the production, there's so much happening that I can't really say it's a bad movie at all, even if some parts of it didn't work for me. And plus, Michelle Yeoh is playing the lead character, and she's in basically every scene of the movie, and she's a great actress. If you don't like Michelle Yeoh, what's wrong with you? Uh, but Everything Everywhere All at Once offers a lot to most people, and I found it to be something that, you know, as I said, I think anybody can watch and find some way to enjoy it. And even with my qualms, I, I still have things about the movie that I have been thinking about that are just like, somebody really did that. Somebody really put that in a movie. So you might want to check out everything, everywhere, all at once. So I've been a subscriber to the streaming service Shudder for a while, and I feel like I don't give what Shudder has to offer enough of a look. But every once in a while, I'll log in, find something ridiculous to watch and enjoy myself. And a couple nights ago, I gave a certain Southern film a look. This film is from 1973. It's all exploitation. It's all craziness. It's a film called Gator Bait. <laughs> uh, do yourself a favor. Go to Google Images and look up the poster for the movie Gator Bait. Um, it stars Claudia Jennings. You can go ahead and Google who she is. You'll understand why she's in a movie called Gator Bait. Uh, <laughs> Gator Bait is about a woman living in a swamp and she is trying to outrun some hillbillies. Unfortunately, there are some things that happen to women in this movie which are not so favorable to see on screen, if you know what I mean. Uh, but these hillbilly hillbillies are no match to our swamp queen. The tagline for this movie, <laughs> let me just read it to you. Untamed and deadly. She ruled the swamp with a blazing gun and a luscious smile. Half animal, all woman, gator bait. 
Uh, I don't know about her being half animal, but she is a woman who does run around in tight, revealing clothing within the woods like it's no big deal. Um, <laughs> gator bait is a sight to see. Um, <laughs> it's maybe a little too long for what it is. Uh, most of the movie is people running around trying to avoid each other, so it could have been a little tighter. You could easily lose about 10 minutes of the hillbilly dudes trying to run away from this woman or even trying to find her. But uh, for something that was pretty cheaply made and from the almost mid-70s made for, you know, titillation and uh, ridiculousness. Uh, it's not that bad. I've surely seen movies like this that were way worse. Uh, so I watched this out of sheer curiosity just because with a title like that, Gator Bait, uh, you kind of know what you're getting into and you kind of want to enjoy it. <laughs> um, so also on Shudder, something I took a look at uh, on the other night was a movie called Hell Night. This is starring Linda Blair. She's a goody girl who is trying to pledge for a sorority along with a couple guys and another gal who the guys specifically are pledging for a fraternity. So at this university that they are enrolled at, they are challenged with staying in a deserted old mansion. And the students who, uh, work in these sororities and fraternities have set up some traps for these people within the house to scare them and make sure they don't get through the night okay. But unbeknownst to them, it turns out this old mansion that maybe might be haunted only in suggestion is literally haunted. There are some kills in this movie, and if you've seen any horror movie with college-aged individuals. Some things happen to them after they engage in certain relations. Um, so, Hell Night, it's not the most amazing movie ever made. It's pretty low budget and like gator bait. You kind of know what you're getting into when you start it. Uh, but Linda Blair is pretty good in this movie. She's definitely the sweet gal who just wants to get through the night and she's take things, she takes things easy. She spends most of it just hanging out with this one guy, talking to him and exploring the mansion a little bit, while another couple who is in the mansion is getting down to business. But for a film that is about 90-ish minutes, it's actually a little longer than that. It's 100 minutes, probably a little bit too long for what it is. Um, I found it pretty enjoyable. Some of the kills were, you know, of this B-movie horror kind of fair where it's, you know, just for fun. Uh, but the ghoul that is haunting them, I found to be pretty satisfying. It's sort of like the film Friday the 13th, except instead of Miss Voorhees or Jason, you've got this freaky looking dude. So as far as hauntings and hell night for what it can offer, uh, similar to something like The Haunting or The Haunting of Hill House and all that stuff, uh, it doesn't have a lot going on, but at the same time, it's not that bad of a film. I don't quite recommend it, but at the same time, if you found yourself intrigued to watch it, I don't think you'd have that bad of a time. So, Hell Night. It's actually from 1981, and it's directed by Tom DeSimone. All right, we've reached the film. You're probably all waiting to hear what I have to say about. I was extremely lucky enough to go see the new Marvel-adjacent film. It's uh, made by Sony and Columbia Pictures, not... Disney, but um, went ahead and saw Morbius starring the Gucci-wearing Prince of Darkness in Hollywood, Jared Leto. Uh, Morbius is the story of Michael Morbius, and since childhood he's suffered from a rare blood disorder 
And turns out one of his best friends that he uh, acquired as a young child in a certain child hospital, um, whose name is Lucian, but he gives a pet, My- Michael Morbius gives a pet name of Milo too. Um, they both, they both are two gentlemen of age now who are both suffering, but luckily Mr. Michael Morbius, he is a renowned scientist and has even created fake blood. Wow, fake blood. So Jared Leto uh, as Michael Morbius. I keep saying Michael Morbius because it just sounds more fun than saying Morbius. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Michael Morbius, scientist. Uh, he uh, he seems like a broody uh, f- uh, fuckboy. Uh, he has a man bun and wears hoodies. He's not really cool, but he's just so serious that he always talks like this. He just has no personality. But he's doing research with bats and uh, ends up coming up with a serum of sorts that he eventually injects into himself to see what can happen when he becomes, to some degree, a bat man. Uh, unfortunately, he killed a couple people when he was experimenting on himself the first time and is now cursed with this bat ability where he is a vampire bat in some ways, but he's a man. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so he must have blood every six hours, but you might be saying to yourself, well, no, wait a minute. He made that fake blood. Couldn't he just use that? No, it doesn't work so well. He must have real blood. So he knows this isn't so great. He knows he's going to hurt people and he doesn't want to do that. So he does the right thing and goes ahead and says, I'm going to shut myself off from people. So nothing bad happens. Unfortunately, his bloody, his bloody, (laughs) his buddy Milo finds out about this serum and his ability to be better and to be strong because Michael Morbius and Milo are quite emaciated. And once Michael Morbius uses the serum, he becomes quite jacked and big and muscular. And he says he, quote, has the abilities of an Olympic athlete. I am going to get into a little more spoilers on this because why not? If you haven't seen this movie already, uh, you uh, you may or may not go see it based on what I'm saying. You probably won't, but um, yeah, uh, it needs to get talked about. Milo, uh, he goes ahead and uses the serum against what Michael Morbius has said. You know, don't do it, buddy. It's not good. And he doesn't, and he goes ahead and kills people. He's having a fucking good time all around the city causing havoc. And everybody thinks it's Michael Morbius who has been killing people, but it is not. It is Milo, and all of a sudden there are there is footage in a parking lot of when he kills somebody and everybody goes, oh, could it be a copycat vampire killer? This movie is really ridiculous and uh, uh, just nuts, and it's not really a horror film. It's not really an action film. It, uh, it just kind of is what it is but I will say I had a pretty good time watching it as much as Jared Leto doesn't really give a lot of personality uh uh I kind of I kind of dug the perspective of this guy just being you know so obsessed to do these things and not really motivated about it in some ways like he just has I mean it could be just because he has no energy to do anything uh but he uh for someone who is supposed to be so smart it just seems like he's just some bro off the street who uh got fired as a manager of Hot Topic, and all of a sudden he's doing science, but he is world-renowned, okay? Uh, Milo is played by Matt Smith, who you might know is a former uh, Doctor Who um, 
he's uh he's okay. He's a little weird medis- weird looking and menacing with the um CGI stuff and his face. Okay, so faces are a big part of the effects in this movie. Um, some of the other effects in it I didn't think were so bad, but the face design is just like such a dated kind of concept of what a modern, uh, evil vampire would look like, like not Dracula core, but more like evil menacing killer, you know, bloodsucker kind of thing. It's really like early two thousands. Uh, if you told me this movie 20 years ago was released by dimension films through new line cinemas, I would believe you. But as much as those effects on the faces, like, didn't really work for me, most of what this movie was doing was still fun, and I had a good time. So, uh, I can't hate much on Morbius, and, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give it three stars on my letterbox. You can go there and look at it yourself if you don't believe that I would do this, because I did. I had a good time, and I think what made me have a good time in this movie over, let's say, other Marvel movies, because I'll admit, I'm not the biggest fan of some Marvel movies, is that it had something different to offer me, something uh, that was less, I don't want to say less predictable, just less, you know, less uh, familiar. It was a little more adventurous in its ideas, and uh, there was actual blood in this movie, because if you're watching most Marvel movies, they don't show blood. But again, this is still a PG-13 film, so it's not like it's, you know, totally gory or anything like that. Would I watch a Morbius too? Yeah, absolutely absolutely I would. Uh, call me crazy. Go ahead. Uh, I, uh, I had fun watching Morbius and, uh, if you don't, that's okay. (laughs) Uh, this movie is really not made for everybody. Uh, it's, I guess, doing a pretty good job at the box office. Uh, but yeah, Morbius is, uh, is, is Morbius and, uh, wow. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, so I guess that's the end of the episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Cinema 5000. Uh, if you have gotten here to this end of this episode and have not listened to me as a guest on the SeltzerCast, hosted by my friend Sean Patrick O'Brien. Sean, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Why don't you go check out SeltzerCast? Uh, they are on Apple iTunes, and you can find SeltzerCast on Twitter go check out what Sean has to offer. He's had some really awesome guests and I'm a Seltzer fan. So of course I'm going to love what SeltzerCast is doing. And again, I really appreciate Sean for having me on his show because it was a lot of fun. So I'm Mallory. This is Cinema 5000. You can follow along on Twitter. Cinema 5K is the uh, Twitter handle. If you want to follow me on Letterboxd, just go to Letterboxd and look up the member name Mallory with three M's. So that's M M. M-A-L-L-O-R-Y. That's me. You can find me and watch along for all the movies that I log. You can even follow me uh, however you want to do it. If you want to just occasionally look at my reviews, whatever. I Every movie I talk about on the show is going to be logged on there. So as things move along with my numbers, as I get closer to 5,000, you can see what I've been seeing. So again, thank you so much for listening and have a great day.